statement of faith. This is my Bible. It is the word of truth. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer and not just a hearer. I am humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I am mature in the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Amen. Well, if you have a Bible, whether in a physical Bible or online or on an app, go to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 10, and I'll read until you're here in verse 29 through 31. Matthew chapter 10, verse 29 through 31. If you have it, just say amen. amen. The Bible says, what is the price of two sparrows? One copper corn. But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without, somebody say without, without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable, somebody say more valuable. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Somebody say more valuable. Somebody say more valuable again. You got to see yourself like God see you. And if you don't see yourself like God see you, then you allow people to undervalue you when the Bible says you are. And not just you, all mankind. Amen? Amen. Well, you may be seated. This is going to be our uh, uh, first sermon in a little series that uh, we've t entitled, I'm Valuable. And what I want you to do right now is say to yourself, I'm valuable. Say it like you mean it. See, how you see yourself will determine how you see others and how you will let people treat you. So now, first, you got to see your value before you can appreciate the value in somebody else. So now, just look around and tell somebody you're valuable. You're valuable. Can want to tell Ken he's valuable. Amen. Amen. Now look at this. Value is defined as something or someone that is of great worth, extremely useful or important. Value means to be highly regarded, precious, prized, esteemed, or distinguished. You know, I was reading a book uh, a couple weeks back, and there was this discussion that went on with a, a gentleman and a distinguished professor of a university. And he asked the professor, in the art world, how do you determine or how do you assess value to art? And the professor came back and told, normally there's two ways that we assess value. One, who is the creator of the work. Who created it? Because based upon who created it, determined how we value it. And then the second part is how much is someone who's really knowledgeable, we ain't talking about an amateur, but someone who's really knowledgeable of art is willing to pay for it. So therefore, value is determined by the creator 
and how much that creator is willing to pay for his creation. Now, look at this. So in order to assess value, as for us, we have to first agree with who created us. Amen. And not just us, but all mankind. And when you look back in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, and I won't try to go through the whole creation story, but I do want to highlight verse 26 and 27. See, we are valuable to God because when mankind was created, God created them in his own image, and he placed them as the crown jewel of his creation. He gave them dominion over everything else that he had created. But, but not only did God give us minds to mankind to think with, he gave us emotions to feel with. He gave us a will to make decisions. But one thing that he gave us that he didn't give everybody else, he gave us an internal spirit nature that could identify with him, that identify with him and enable us to worship him. That is why whether a person come to church or not, we are, there's something on the inside that will cause us to worship something or someone. That's why people that we hold in high notoriety, that's part entertainers and all that, can be considered icons, little gods, because people will and if you won't worship the true and living God, then you're going to worship something. And so because God created us that way, that gave us value over everything else that he created. And guess what? He created man and he valued him so much that when man was created on the sixth day, everything else was already in place waiting on him. It, it, it was like when you come on the scene, you're not going to have to figure out what you're going to eat, how you're going to do this, where you're going to live. All that is in place for you. Why? Because I value you that much. And I value you over all of my other creation. So what I'm trying to get you to see today is that you got to see yourself and everybody else that you deal with as being valuable. Young men, I want to encourage you. If you're dating a young lady, you got to see her as being and if you see value in her, you won't treat her any kind of because you know how she was and you know who created her. Now look at this. Verse 26 said, Then God said, Let us make human beings. And this is New Living Translation. Some of your Bible said, Let us make man in our image. Now up until this point, God had allowed, you know, the waters and the earth to bring forth everybody else. But when it was time to make man, he said, let us make man. And so therefore, man was his special and prized creation. And when we make him, let us make him in our image to be like ourselves. Well, obviously, here in Genesis, that was a spiritual creation right there. So in spirit, you were a spirit before you were the body. The body don't come later to chapter 2 in Genesis. But in chapter 1, man was created in spirit. And when God created man in spirit, he created man and female at the same Now look at this. I got to get there. He says, to be like ourselves, we want them to have some understanding, knowledge, wisdom. We want them to be like us. 
not like the other creation, not like the animals. They're going to be above animals. They're going to be above everything else that was created. And look at this. He says, they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and the livestock, and all the wild animals on earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Look at verse 27. So it says, so God created human beings in his own image, and in the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. God is a binary type guy. And I know some people today claiming non-binary. But your creator said he's a binary type guy. And he created them male and female, not other. I, I, I'm not going to meddle today, but I just need to set the, set the record straight because the authority that I go by say he know what he was doing and he made them male and female. And later on when he brought them forth in the physical, he just put man to rest and build a mound of dirt and then took the woman out of the man. But she was already in existence in the spirit, chapter 1. And so when God look at us and see us as being valuable, it has nothing to do with our possessions, our achievements, or anything like that. It has to do with how he created us and positioned us in his kingdom. And based upon that creation and that position and how he did that, he considered you valuable. Now look at this. That means God considers all mankind valuable. Now we're just in a different place because we're saved now, but you know, before you got saved, God still considered you valuable. He considered you so valuable that when he created you, he gave you a little bit of himself and said, look here, you take authority over everything else that I made. Now look at Now if you don't know the authority that you have, then you will live beneath it. And so you got to understand that God created you with a authority. And that authority makes you more valuable than a dog or a lion or a tiger or a bear. That authority makes you more valuable than diamonds and gold and silver and all the things that we place value on. You know, I was looking in the other day when the queen died, and they was talking about how much her crown weighed and the crown jewel that they got out of Africa, the motherland. And they were saying all of that, that thing worth maybe, some say billions of dollars. But I'm saying that the God created you gave you a greater value than a diamond that can be taken out of the earth. And see, if you don't understand and know that, then people will treat a diamond better than they treat you. Because they don't understand your value. It is up to you to let them know that your value is far above that diamond. And I know diamonds are a girl and a man's best friend. Now we're wearing them in our ears, we've got them everywhere. But look here, just because you got one don't increase your value in God's eyes. Because you're the same as someone who can't even afford. 
I wasn't supposed to meddle today. Let me go to Psalms chapter 8. Psalms 8. Psalms 8. See, the psalmist let us know that God placed a high value on his creation when he looked out into the vast expanse of God's creation. And he wondered, how could God be so concerned for people who will at some time disappoint him, sometime let him down? But yet, the Bible says he created them a little lower than himself. Some of your Bible is going to say a little lower than angels. It don't matter which one of the Bibles you read, you're pretty high in the pecking order. You're just a little lower than God. And so what you got to understand, the next time someone you know questions your worth as a person or they question their own worth as a person, you have to tell them that they need to consider how they were created and who created them. Because based upon that, that is how they determine their, not by how society classifies and put us in categories, based upon income, race, creed, color, national origin, and all those things. God could care less about all that. And I think if we as people would learn to value people like God value people, we wouldn't have all this foolishness that's going on in the world today. Because people don't place value on other people's lives sometimes. Now look at this. Here in this psalm, we find the psalmist saying this in Psalms 8, verse 3 through 6. He says, when I look out, or when I consider, when I ponder, when I contemplate the night sky. You know, you can do this yourself. On a good, clear night, you just got to go out there and look, and you can just look up there and see the vastness of what God created. And he said, now look, in the daytime, you can't see all the vastness of it because the sun outshines everything. But at night, when the sun is down and you can see the moon and the stars and the constellations that we call, you know, the little dipper, the big dipper, and all those things, and different signs that y'all look up there trying to see Aries and all that. He said, look here, I put those in place. Not for you to worship them, but for you to worship the one who created them. And so when you look out at night, he said, when I look out and I see the vast expanse of the night sky and see the works of your finger, God, look like you put everything in. I, I know the astrologers, astronomers will tell you, hey, look, that there, there had to be a bang. You know, and some people say, you know, you're just an amoeba, family. <laughs> You just, you know, just, something just poof, and then all of a sudden you pop. But God created you, formed you, even before you was in your mother's womb. So we look at this, and we see his stars, and we see his creation, and we contemplate how good and how great God is. That's what these psalms were trying to do. They was trying to get people to get in their mind to worship God. When they look out and see his, his creation, the stars and the moon, he set everything in place. But he set everything in place, but he sits high above everything he created. Now look at it. He says, now, in verse 4 he says, and what are people that you should think about them? Mere mortals that you, you should care about them. He was saying, look, I, Man, I sit and look at all you 
created, and I see how you sit far above everything you created, then I wonder why would a God like you pass up the sun, the stars, and the moon to come down here and deal with me? It blows my mind, and it blew his mind, but he had to think back to how God created him in order to say, now I know why God would bypass the sun for me. Why God would bypass the moon for me. Why God would bypass the stars so that he could come down and be caring and concerning and loving about me. Willing to forgive me in spite of Adam. Because after Adam, we counted, we was fallen man. But God still saw fit to show love to fallen man, and he will come past everything else he created to take care of man. So he said, when I look out at the night sky and see the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars, you set in place. God set everything in place. They didn't run into each other. And all of a sudden, there's no. And I know it's easy to believe that. And if you want to be, I ain't going to argue with you about that. We can disagree on how the universe was formed and the matter that's out there and the black holes and all that. We ain't got to go all that. Let's not disagree on that. Let's disagree on some of the fundamental principles that God said that we can live by, whether you believe in the universe and how it was created or not. I don't think God going to send us to heaven and hell based upon how we thought the Big Bang occurred or creation occurred. But how we love one another and how we treat one another, I think that's a deal breaker. And I think we got to get down to those things where God see how God see us and how we see others so that we can make sure that we're in agreement with God when we look at one another. He said, now look, he set the stars in place. What are people that you should think about them? Mere mortals that you care for them. Then he's come back and catch himself. Yet, you made them only a little lower than God. Some of your Bibles say angels. Some Bibles got a little G-O-D there. And I guess that's where the rappers done read that little part right there because I know some of them refer themselves as little G-O. I mean, they, don't, they read. They just made a song about it. And we scared that night we don't know him. And he created us. And they done made a song and made me. Because I'm a little G-O-D. I've been created just a little lower than the big G-O-D. What, what does he know that we don't know? That's the question that we ought to be asking ourselves. What does he know that those of us who study the big G-O-D don't do you think he know how he was created and you? He says, yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. In other words, you've been crowned with glory and honor. God has crowned you with distinctiveness that made you different from everything else that he created. You've been crowned with it. You're different. You're not that, like all of his other creations. And he has given you honor. Now, why would you let someone take away from you what God has given you? Because your distinctiveness, your glory, and your honor is what make you valuable. So you're valuable to God, and you've been crowned with glory and not going to be. You already have been. 
And what we got to let young people know, hey, look here, you're not garbage, you're not trash. Even if you find yourself in a garbage and trash situation, I'm going to show you, God still crowned you with glory and honor. That's why I say to you, brothers, you shouldn't be messing up a young lady's glory and her. All because you can't control your flesh. And young ladies, if you, you know, if you just got to have it, fellas, you need to say, look, baby, you ain't going to mess up my glory and my honor. Because I don't want to be like, you know, like it's the young brothers that are doing all the, I got to have it nowadays because there's a lot of young ladies out there that just got to. And what we need to let them know, every time you have it outside of the parameter of God prescribed, you are dishonoring yourself. Uh, I, know that, I, know, I know that don't go well today. That, that, that don't go well because culture that we live in don't tie honor to that. Because you know we just believe in sex of all kinds of ways nowadays. Inside, outside of marriage, and even in marriage with other folk. And, and we see that and do that and don't see no dis. And so what I'm trying to tell you, when you don't see no dishonor, all you're doing is depreciating and undervaluing yourself. You've been crowned, Finley, with glory and honor. You know, I believe if we just made that practical and brothers, y'all just went out and got y'all a little crown up there and put glory and honor on it, they may think twice before they come at you. Get your t-shirt. I've been crowned with glory and honor. And then live up to that. So when she press up against you, you say you pressing against glory and honor. <laughs> and because I know who I am, you can't press for so far. Because I'm not going to let you dishonor what God has created. And he created me and made me valuable. And because I'm valuable, and because he says I'm valuable, I got to act like I'm valuable. I got to treat myself like I'm valuable. And I got to treat others like they are valuable. So we've been crowned with glory and honor. And he goes back to put back in a little bit of what he said in Genesis, and, and you gave them charge over everything you made, putting all things under their authority. Yeah. So look here. You've got authority over some things that come into your life. That person that want to dishonor you, you better take authority. Let them know who you are, who created you, how much you're worth. Say, you messing with a Picasso here. This ain't, this ain't, this ain't no crayon drawing here. This ain't, this ain't not something the kids got through and just scribbled through and went outside the line. This drawing is very detailed. Somebody great created me. And they, when they created me, they knew exactly how much I was. And because they have already assigned value to me, I'm not going to let you get me on a discount. Y'all better hear me today. <laughs> y'all, y'all better hear me today. See, some of y'all, y'all, look here. This is not a bargain basement deal here, baby. 
The only reason you could be bought at a discount because you done lost your. The only reason they discount stuff in stores now when there ain't nobody else buying it. Then now something that you paid $400 for, you can get it for $100. So ain't nobody. But look here, young folk. You ought to always want to be worth the $400. Yeah. Don't let nobody catch you on the cheap. Because they catch you on the cheap, they're going to treat you like you. Make them value. Look, I was thinking about in the natural. You know, I remember when I bought my first new car. I treated it right. Did everything for it. Shine it up on the weekends on God's day because it was valuable. But five years into that thing, it may be three months before it get a wash job. Why? Because it has lost its. And when you allow people to stop shining you up and letting you glorify God in their life, then they're going to start treating you like a five year old. Your tires ain't been armor all in a minute. And in fact, they're already looking for a new because the young folk now will upgrade. <laughs> you know, Apple done got y'all in that upgrade mentality. Not only do y'all upgrade phones, y'all upgrade. She done lost her value. She done lost her luster. So guess what? I got to look for the up. And when you do that, you devalue the person that you're leaving. And it can happen to you too. So what you got to do, you got to see and value people like God sees them. And if we would do that, I think we would treat people a whole lot better and we'll understand that they have been crowned. This was written after the fall. God crowned. And see, what you're going to see here, it, God loved us so much that I'm going to just close with this, that man, when we messed up, he still valued us enough to send to send Jesus. Yeah. Now look at this. Go to my next last turn before I get there. Psalms 113. Psalms 113, and I read verses 4 through 8. See, God values us based on his own character, not ours. In God's eyes, a person has value, uh, a person has no relationship, a person's value, excuse me, has no relationship on him or hers wealth the zip code they live in, the position on the social or corporate ladder. In other words, many people who excel in God's kingdom and in God's work were born into poverty and had humble beginnings. So the significant question is, do you treat the social outcasts and those who are unwanted in our culture and society as though they are valued? See, because if you don't, then you'll read the press clippings, and then every person that come across the border will have no value to you. You will assign no value to a person that was created in the image and likeness of God. Because someone has painted a picture and made you think that they are not valued. And when that get in your head, 
then you will start looking down on God's creation and thinking that you are better than they are. When in God's eyes, that person is just as valuable as you are. You have got to learn to see value in everyone. I believe that was the awesome power that was in uh, Mother Teresa's ministry. I remember some of you may know her. But this nun, and she saw value in marginalized and undervalued people in her society. In other words, she truly understood that in God's eyes, all people have value. You know, she would go to the trash dumps to minister to people because they had value. And see, sometimes when people is elevated in our culture, in our society, it's hard for us to come down to people that we look down on. And so therefore, we have overvalued ourselves because we compared ourselves to them and not to God. When we ought to be comparing ourselves to the same one that created them. And then when we do that and know that he created all mankind, then now we can assign the right value to them regardless of where they're living at, where they were born at, what circumstances or situation they're in in their life right now. Because to God, everybody has value. Now look at this. Verse 4. It says, for the Lord is high above the nations. He said high above all nations. His glory is higher than the heavens. In other words, beyond what we see, the stars and the moon, the sun and all that, there's a place that's higher than that where the Lord reserves and where he resides. And so what we got to see is that we're dealing with a God that sits high above everything. He is the sovereign ruler of the universe. He sits high above everything. Then he asked the question, someone made a song about this, who can be compared with the Lord our God who is enthroned on high? So the answer to that is nobody. Nobody can be compared to God. Nobody can be compared to the one who sits far above everything he created. But now look at this. Even though he sit high above everything he created, not like the guy who got the corner office, you know, in the penthouse tower, and he can no longer relate to the people that work in the basement. This God who sit above everything, Brother Purdue, can still relate to you. And he still care about you. He's still concerned about your well-being. And so look at it. He says, now, who can be compared with the Lord our God who is enthroned on high? He stoops. Somebody, some Bible say humble himself. He stooped to look down on heaven and earth. So he looked down from heaven on heaven, and he looked down to the earth. Now look at this. When he stooped down, look, when he humbled himself, he lifts up the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. Look here. God. God passed the penthouse and went all the way to the dump and found somebody that was in the dump, Brother Purdue, like he found some of us in the dump. And he looked past the penthouse. He looked past the stars. He looked past the moon. He looked past everything and went to the dump and found me. And when he found me, he saw me as being. 
So your value is not determined by where you was born. I've said this before. You could have been born or conceived in the back seat of a pickup truck. But God still consider you. So don't let where you started and how you were conceived let people assign value to you based upon the mistake your mom and dad had made. Because if you do that, then you'll live in that mistake all of your life and you'll never get to the place God wants you to be because you will undervalue your own. So God said, look, God stooped down. He'll go and find the poor. So look here, he can get past the penthouse. You know, even at the penthouse, you need the coke house. And he can go down to the hood to the crack house. And he can still show love to people in those situations. And see, what we got to do is reflect back. All we got to do is just contemplate where did he find? Where were you when he found you? Even though you didn't even, see, you didn't even know you was born and created in his own image and likeness. So he had to find you acting like you didn't know who you were. And when he found you acting like you didn't know who you were, what were you doing with him? And what I want you to know is that in spite of what you were doing, how you was doing it, and who you was doing it with, he still stooped down to show love and concern for So look here. That's I, some people just don't get this. I love animals. And some of my man best friend. But they are not a little lower than God. Amen. Your cat is okay, but you can't treat your cat like he created a little lower than God. Your cat get better treatment than your children do. You trade Fifi to do this and do that and won't train your own. You value the wrong thing. Some of us in the old days, we valued our cars, man, more than we valued our children. Wash my car every weekend. But don't remember giving my children a, a bath. Because I thought that was their mama. Yeah. I put my time and energy on a 1976 Cordoba. Made sure that it was clean every weekend. Armor all, seat ties and stunts. Clean every weekend. Took up two spaces so that nobody could park next to us. Why? Because I. And when Lady Jeanette said, Go get the children a bath, I ain't got, I ain't got time. See, I was ignorant then. I didn't know this was in the Bible. I was just doing what the world do then. And in my mind, my car was important to me. I didn't see no value in giving my kids a bath. 
because I never saw my daddy give me. So, brother, don't make the same mistake I made. Y'all got young children now. You need to take care of your children. It's more than your wife's job just to take care and feed them and do all that, to change their diapers and all that. You need to do that too. Amen. Amen. That's your responsibility. Because you got to see your children like God see them, and you got to stoop down to take care of them just like God stooped down to take care of you. So this is why he said he lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. And then once he lifts you up, he can set you among some people. Finley. He set them among princes and even the princes of his own people. So God can reach down, allow you to see how valuable you are to him, and then he can set you in places that other people don't think you belong. Because in his eyes, you are just as valuable as everybody else sitting at that table. In the company, they may not see you the same way. They don't see you with the same value. But when you go in there, you can't go in there with the company's mindset. You got to go in there with God's mindset. Yes, they may get paid more than me. They may be in a higher rung on the ladder than me. But guess what? At this table, in God's eyes, I'm just as valuable. And because I'm just as valuable as they are, when I see myself as valuable, I'm not going to let them undervalue me sitting right here with, with me. So what we got to see in here is what God did when he reached down to the poorest and the lowest and to those people of low esteem and the people that have been marginalized and scandalized, ostracized and, and, and looked down upon, God still loved them enough because they was valuable enough for him to send Jesus for each and every one of them, as well as everybody else. See, that's why in our close, this is a passage of scripture that, that, that everybody, all of y'all ought to know this, man. When I start reading this, you learned this scripture. This was probably next to the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. You know, that was, you know we come from school, we had to learn that one. But right behind that was, for God so loved. <laughs> when I used to read that, I thought he was talking to church folk. Because I didn't read until I started coming to church. So I thought he was talking to just church folk. But then when I started looking at individual little words in there, like God so loved. He could have just loved, Brother Madhu, but the Bible said he's so loved. In other words, he's so loved in order to show us in what manner, in what way, and in, to what extent he loved the world. So in other words, when they say, for God so loved the world, God loved the world to the extent that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him should not but have everlasting. And in that whosoever is everybody that has been, ever been created in the earth. In that whosoever is the person in the trash dump, the person in the crack house, the person in the whole house, the person in whatever house they may be in, even in the penthouse and the white house. And that's what we got to see and got to understand that when you can get that revelation and understand that Jesus died for all men. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn 
the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's the message that we need to tell people who look down upon themselves and don't know their value. Please raise your hand if you're in the church or just send us a, a iMessage, an instant message if you're online to let us know and someone will contact you. But if you're saying, yes, Pastor, I, I want to give my life to the Lord because I realize that my value is connected to how I was created and to him. And with him in my life, I believe things can be better. He came just for me while I was still unfit. He died so that I could have a way back to the tree of life. So if that is you, whether you're in, in-house or online today, please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. My second appeal, if you're here and you're looking for a church home and the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart, saying that striving for perfection ministry is the place for you, please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. If you're online, and you want to be a part of the ministry, just give us a call, shoot us a text, send us an instant message to let us know. Anyone? My third appeal is for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you're here, you never acknowledge the Lord as your Lord and Savior in that capacity, being filled with the Holy Spirit, but you want to accept him, that spirit, that you can be filled, empowered to live like God wants you to live. The evidence of speaking in other tongues has nothing to do with your salvation. You're saved because of your faith in Jesus. But it is a gift that you can have. If that is you, please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Then if you're here and you've got a special prayer concern, know that God is concerned about you. And you can come boldly to the throne of God. So if you have a desire to come forth to the altar, you can stand and kneel and pray. For yourself, or you can stand in, at your seat if that is your desire. If that is your desire. Whatever your concerns are, I pray that you would just lift them up to the Lord right now and believe that God will incline his ear down, come past his creation to see about you. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you today for reminding us, God, just how valuable we are. We thank you, God, for letting us know that you are our creator. And God, you created us as the crown jewel of all of your creation. And God, we see ourselves worthy of that. We thank you, God, for the sacrifice that you made for each and every one of us. That while we were still caught up in our own ways, in our own sins, in our own lives, God, you sent Jesus to die for us just because we were that valuable. And so, God, we will not live below the value that you have assigned to us, God. We will continue to try to be crowned with glory and honor and represent you in the earth, God, because we realize how we were created just a little lower than the angels. And so therefore, God, we thank you for that. Thank you for counting us worthy. And now, God, for those of us who may have some cares and concerns that we want to elevate up to you, we pray, God, that you would just incline your ear down now to hear our cry. We know, God, that you're well able to humble yourself to take care of the needs of your children. So right now, God, whatever they are, I just pray that you move in that situation. You know their heart, God. You know the things they have need of even before they ask. But God, right now, I just ask that you would just minister to them where they are. God, and we just thank you for another opportunity to just come and lift up the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to honor him and to give you thanks for the sacrifice that he made for each and every one of us. And God, we just promise now from our own hearts and our minds that we're going to live in a way, God, that represent our value in the earth. 
because we realize you have assigned value to us, so therefore we're not going to let ourselves or anyone else assign a value that is below what you've already assigned. And so, God, we thank you for counting us worthy. And we just ask that you continue to lead us and guide us and be with us in all things. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Everybody say amen. amen. Give the Lord a hand, clap of praise if you will.